to another episode of Roll or Die. Today we have for you a Masters World Champion. She's a friend of ours. She was our old teammate when she lived in Melbourne. She has had her co-founder of uh, the Fight Back Project previously on this podcast as well, as well as her partner. So we thought it's about high time that we got Mish Hall. Thanks for joining us, Mish. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, what so we honor. had to wait till you became world champ before you came on the show. Yeah. <laughs> we knew it was coming, so we just waited, you know. <laughs> had to qualify, you know, qualify, yeah. guys. Yeah, oh, you very God. much qualify. We have got so much to talk about. So, yeah. Um, Mish, yeah, which, which shall we start with? Shall we start with the world championship, the Masters? event and uh let's dial yeah. in on on what happened there because um yeah you i don't know for anyone that is listening that may not have seen mishka's performance she dominated like Ooh. i don't think i saw a point scored against you in all of not your a matches point or an advantage yeah uh, and as a masters one i mean she had a few fights it wasn't just like one fight for the gold she had a lot of tough tough battles mm. and just dominated i don't think i've seen anyone like at masters do something like that so yeah congratulations tell us about it yeah yeah look it was it was a really really incredible experience um so and like so grateful i did it Mm. as well like um i had i had a lot of support going in uh I invested. But tell us about so tell us much. from the beginning, like about your preparation yeah, and, yeah, and like yeah. when you decided and, and yeah. go from the start. Mm. Well, um, so I was actually really, really fortunate. So I I don't know if you guys know know this about me. I'm big on having a whiteboard with all of my goals and like planning things out. Um I've had a lot of mentoring from Anton as well. So that that that's where that stems from. And I put my goals up and I was like you know what, like next year I want to compete at World Masters because um, a couple of the guys were talking about it in the gym. And then the very next night after I put it on my whiteboard, one of the girls at the gym that I um, train with, her name is Louise, she called me and she was like, Mish, I'm going to compete at Masters at Worlds. And I was like, that's awesome, Lou. I'm so excited for you. You know, like I can help you prep. And she was like, why don't you come with me? And I was like, look, you know, it's on my vision board. I definitely want to do it. Um, It will sit better with me financially next year. And she's like, Mish, I work for Qantas. We can fly business class at cost. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that changes everything. (laughs) I was like, okay. Um, And she's like, do you want to come with me? And I was like, yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And I said to her, you're not going to believe this. I actually put this on my vision board yesterday. And she was like, fuck off. I was like, no, seriously. Like, and I, yeah, (laughs) I FaceTimed her like straight away and I was like, oh my God. And Lockie was, I think Lockie was working in the banana farm in Byron at that point. And then he came back and I was like, I'm going world. And he's like, what? I was like, yeah, dude, I'm going to do it. I'm totally going to do it. I was like, I've got this, you know, like I, I had a lot of, um, I won a lot of competitions in the lead up this year. I've been getting privates every single week or two a week from um, one of the coaches at Southside, Georgia. She also competes heavily. Um, Her husband's a black belt. She's a brown belt. 
and their entire family just does jujitsu. So I was in the right space and I thought, yep, you know what, like let's let's go for it. Mm. I felt physically, mentally, spiritually um aligned. So I was like, just okay, not financially. Yep, let's do that's it. the cool thing. I love how you put the finances. Yeah. You were like, okay, fuck it. You know, like this is not the right timing in that way, but everything else is in alignment. So I'm going to go for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, how long as... ago was all this, Mish? Can I ask? Like, what was the, the uh, time frame? It was just after Queens, uh, just after I won Queensland State. So, so a few months. June, was... okay. maybe July, like early huh. July. So, not yeah, a huge so... time like lead no. up. Okay. Yeah, not a huge time lead up. But like I said, I'd been game ready like from the start of this year like yep. the start of this year so last year I had or during COVID I had a really bad knee injury but Lockie helped me like dude like he completely changed his training um his personal training style to help me heal up my knee and then I decided at the start of the year you know like fuck it like I'm back I need to I love competing I love competing you know like so I was like yep this year is going to be my year and I have really, like, I didn't, I had, I got the results that I wanted, but I didn't compete the way that I wanted to. Mm. I got a lot of coaching in terms of visualization, mindset, um, and spiritual, as weird as that might seem. And then leading into, after I decided I was going to Worlds, I, um, I started reading this book a couple of, or maybe like the month before it called um the laws of success by napoleon hill and in that book he said that um if you want to achieve a specific goal you need to um it's called he calls it a definite chief aim and he says that you need to have it um by your bed and read it before you go to sleep and to read it the second that you wake up to have it somewhere like in your workspace and look at it and read it out loud at least four times a day. Oh my God. I took that to another level. Like, wow. <laughs> oh my God. like I had it in the bedroom. I had it in the mirror. I had it in the bathroom, like right where the shower faces. I had it on my desk at work. I had it in my car. I had it on my phone. And while I was prepping for it, like part of my training would be like taking myself there and, living out each of the fights and also like living out the day and more so like the feeling that I anchored into is like what I would do when I won Mm. and I knew and Lockie told me he was like you know like this is your time to shine you go I'm not going to come with you but I'll be I'll support you the whole way and there is something to be said about having a partner who will train with you like five nights a week mm. and then drill with you and then watch jujitsu content and then talk jujitsu with you mm. and literally let you like basically bash them and you have to bash them as well, mm. like for that long in the lead up to a competition. And so, yeah, he said to me, he's like, I've got your back. And I would just, even while I was driving my car, like to and from appointments for work or to open for inspections, I would be saying my gold out loud, mm. saying my goal out loud. And I would say, I win gold at the IBJJF World Masters Championships on the 3rd of September of 2022 in Las Vegas. I said Ooh. that out loud. I don't even know how many times. If I was Amazing. alone in the shower, if I was alone in the car. And like, 
I would imagine myself crying, calling Lockie afterwards and calling Georgia afterwards and saying things like, guess who you're talking to? And then I'd, you know, like pretend wait for their reply and I'd be like, you're talking to the world fucking champion. (laughs) (laughs) I love you so much. You are the best. Holy shit. And I would start to cry, like, and get really emotional. And then, um, so Georgia and I have the same visualization coach. So Al works with a lot of different UFC athletes. He works with a lot of different jujitsu athletes as well. And he taught you, like, like he said that when you come, because I used to compete for, you know, like everyone who does jujitsu comes with their own little pieces of, you know, like bullshit in the background. And mm-hmm. I used to seek approval. So when I started doing visualization coaching with him, I was like, oh, you know, like I get nervous when I want to compete because I want to do my team proud and I want to do the coaches proud. And he was like, Ish, the only person you're going down there that for is you. Mm. he's like do it for you he's like you know like write down your goals like envision yourself like in the moment and he's like and I used to say to him like what do I do with when I feel the adrenaline dump and he's like that's your body telling you that she's ready to fight that's your body telling you that it's time to go and that you've done everything to be prepared for this moment and it's time to go and he said, enjoy yourself as well. Cause like you've done all the training, like everyone who goes to competitions, it's like, they're like anxious, nervous. When I compete now after doing that coaching with him, I am so in the moment. I'm so happy. Like I was in the bullpen and I was like full on dancing. I was like listening to music. I was pumped. I was like looking at my feet and like using like anchoring points. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is the best. I'm so excited to be here. I kept like looking at my hands, looking at my feet and going, yep, this is my time. This is my moment. And as I was walking onto the mats, like I would have specific songs that I would listen to, like um, a bit of Kanye West, um, like a whole bunch of different songs. Um, A lot of songs that Georgia and I used to listen to when we lived together. Um, you know, like female empowerment songs and I would pretend that Georgia was there next to me because when I competed at nationals at the start of this year, on my last match, I was like a little bit nervous and Georgia's like, we don't get nervous. She's like, we're the jiu-jitsu hype girls. She's like, we're here for the fun. We're going to hype each other. And we were listening to that song, singing it, rapping it together on the side of the mat. And so I was there like imagining Georgia there. I'm like, yep, this is amazing and before I stepped onto the mat it's probably going to sound a bit weird but like I did this um I did this workshop called awakening the love within in my preparation for it and it was like you know like there's a lot of higher powers at play and they put you in certain situations to do whatever you've come there to do and I was like Every time before I went, walked in the match, I was like, I've come here to do this because this is what I told you that I wanted to do. Guide me and help me do, like, my magic. Help me sh- help me shine. You're amazing. And then, thank you. And every single match, like, my friend, um, 
he took photos. One of my best friends lives in Vegas and he came to the day and he took photos of me like the whole time and like filmed me like walking down. All the other people were like head down, like kind of, you know, like not paying attention. I'm like this, like, yeah, like, you know, like super hyped up, like excited. While I'm on the side of the mat, I was like smiling. I was like, hell yeah, like this is my moment. This is me like shining and being my happiest, best self. And then as soon as I hit the mats, I was just like, yep. And like all of my matches, I've rewatched all of them. Like I go bang, like I, yep. I just start. And it felt easy. Mm. Like, and I don't mean that to sound arrogant. I mean that as in. You were in a flow state. I felt, yeah. Yeah. And I had some coaching done by another girl that we trained with called Brianna beforehand because I got sick two weeks out. And I don't do well, or I didn't used to do well. I do now. I didn't used to be okay with rest. And I'm sure that a lot of people can, can like, appreciate that. that. Yeah, (laughs) like if you're a high achiever and you work hard at something, taking time off and resting, especially when you're sick, is like, no, like I'm not, I'm not going to miss out on my goal. I have to work hard because if I don't work hard, then I don't deserve it. And that's where my mind came from. And she posted all this stuff and I'd been sick for a week. I hadn't taken any time off work. I hadn't taken, like, I couldn't go into training because obviously you can't train when you're sick. But I was consistently watching jiu-jitsu content. I was moody. I was probably a bitch to Lockie and going, I can't train. Why aren't you drilling with me? He's like, because you're sick, you dumb bitch. <laughs> like, um, and then I read one of Brianna's posts and it was something about, you know, like if you're a high performer and you can't take rest, you're never going to get to the next level. I was like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> so I, I messaged I messaged her and I was like, you know what, Misha, the only thing that's going to hold you back is you, right? So like what's the worst you can lose, right? If this is a skill that you know that you're not good at, then and there's someone else who knows how to do this skill and they're really good at it, pay him the money and learn, right? So I was like, okay, this is going to be a level up. So I booked a session with her and we talked about what winning meant to me and what rest meant to me and, like, what achievement was to me. And it was actually really, really beautiful. Like um, Mm. winning to me isn't just about, you know, like a medal or whatever. It's shared glory, you know, it's being able to say to other people, like, you contributed to this. I don't just win for me. I win for, you know, my, my circle. Mm. And we talked about um, emotional regulation and co-regulation through breathing. And she said that, you know, a lot of the time people would give up on the mats before, um, before they actually acknowledge it. And she talked about, like, when their breathing when like you calm your breathing down and I, I made a lot of effort in the lead up to focus on um, breath work. There's this guy called Patrick McCown. I can't, I can't remember what the book's called. Oxygen, oxygen. So Lockie read that book and he's like, you need to do these exercises. I was like, fine. So I started doing these and in all of the matches, I got to a certain position and I felt the girls literally exhale. Like they went, <sighs> and it was like, I got you. I felt them just go, yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is over for you. Yeah. This is over for you. And I was like, what? And then, 
like the matches just went like that like all of them like that wow. like there was points where like my teammates were shouting out to me you know me slow down slow down like and I was like because I kept like I was like getting to a position and then trying to get a sub or you know like trying my best and my coach was like me slow down calm down you've only got seven, 20 seconds to go or 10 seconds to go like just maintain and I was like what that went so fast wow and yeah like it was really cool like in between my matches Lockie was messaging me and he was like okay how's your body feel what's going on what happened in the match um what are you doing right now like are you hydrating have you got salt have you got um have you got sugar like what are you doing for your body these are the stretches I want you to be doing in between these are the exercises to make sure your muscles don't seize up. Um, And Georgia was messaging me and she messaged me and she was like, babe, I just had, I just woke up and I had a dream that you won. And now I wake up in the final. She's like, you're going to win. I was like, I know. And yeah. Then as soon as I finished my last match, like I, I walked up to my coach and I was like, I told you. I told you, because like on the lead up, up, I think, I think a couple of people at our gym had said that they were going to come and then they didn't. And then maybe like two weeks out, he came up to me, VC came up to me and he was like, you're really coming to Worlds. And I was like, I told you I was coming. I said, I'm going to win too. He was like, he's like, yeah, okay. Okay. Like I drilled every morning at the morning class. Like I would go in and just spend like an hour drilling with a couple of the girls from the gym. And then at night I would get in my roles and like I had a couple of really good training partners who like really, really helped me. Um, Yeah, it was like all the moments after winning was just everything that I dreamed of. Amazing. Everything that I dreamed of. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, sorry, I talked for ages then. No, no, no. no. You mentioned um, about your support network and about your team and your coach. Can you tell us a bit more about Vicenze? Because he was there too. Yeah, he also had yeah. a, a blinder. I think he came up out with a bronze in the end. Yeah. Um, what was it yeah. like to have him in your corner? Because he is, like, to me, I think he's one of the most exciting black belts to watch. He yeah. also just yeah. goes after the attack all the time and so yeah. entertaining, like just mm. yeah, very, very, mm. very Brazilian. Very Brazilian. Look. Our gym, I have to say, like Southside is full of savages. Like they don't grade people lightly. Um, and Vicente, he sets the bar very, very high in terms of competition. When we do competition class, it's time to work. You know, like there's there's no mucking around and there's this insane camaraderie at the gym, like, people will push each other and support each other. And, you know, like if you're, if, if it's like you're running out of gas in the tank, people will say to you, 30 seconds left, we're at the end of the match. This is, this is, this is where we're at. This is the competition. Push, you're fighting for gold. This is the deciding match. Push yourself, push yourself. And when you train with people like that, and we've got a lot of gold medalists in our gym, like a lot of people who are achieving really high level and yeah it's it's really good to have people like that in the gym around you because it forces you to level up it forces you to push yourself and to 
come to training and show up and work, like really work, like not just, you know, like screw around, like you're there to really put in the training and he pushes the pace. Like if, if you're slacking off, he'll let you know. He's, you know, like he'll you know, crack the whip. Um, in terms of support, so I had one of the girls that, so um, my teammate who came with me, Louise, she was really good. Like her and I, while we were in Vegas, we we drilled a lot together. We trained a top team together. Um, top team was really cool as well. Like the the guys there, awesome. Like really good level of jiu-jitsu. Everyone was willing to help and gave everyone advice whilst we were rolling as well. Um, and it was really nice to have someone else there who was like a, a teammate. Like Louise and I kept each other in the lead up, like really accountable to training, um, supported each other mindset-wise. And also, you know, kept each other in check. Like if we were feeling anything, you know, reminding each other, like, don't let those negative thoughts come in. Like we're, we're working towards this. Like we're putting our best foot forward. Like this is, you know, don't even like you have to think that it's impossible to fail. Mm. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was insane having, like, I didn't even see VC like, cause after, so he, he competed on the Thursday. And then he went out with a couple of other friends that came over from Australia as well. And they went out and partied. And then on the Friday, we just chilled by the pool. And I have to say, like, at the hotel that we were staying at, everyone was there for the same competition. So it was cool. You just met so many different jiu-jitsu people. Everyone was really, really beautiful. And then on the day before I stepped onto the mat, um, I ran into Nikki, Nikki Lloyd Griffith and... um, Chris and sorry about I think his name is Mark anyway they were all competing as well um and then as I stepped on there was V like in the corner and he was great like he kept he made sure like I kept calm in one of the matches like I think it was my second match I um I think I accidentally gave the girl a blood nose and I was like oh my god like there was blood everywhere and like so they had to pull her off to the side and like fix her nose up. And the whole time while I was doing that, like he's like, okay, breathe, breathe, like take this time to breathe. And I was just saying out loud, I was like, I'm the best. I'm, I'm a winner. I'm successful. I'm the best. I'm a winner. I'm successful. I'm the best. I'm a win-. Like just repeating that in my mind, like chanting, chanting. And he's like, Mish, when you get back down, I want you to slow it down and take your time. I didn't realize because I never looked at the – in all of my matches, I didn't look at the clock and I didn't look at the score. And then after that, I think I won that match by like 16 or 17 points. I wow. was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see like, I see why. And then, yeah, it was awesome. Like it was awesome to have someone to remind you that it's a sport as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's not all about, because to me, like I, I love winning by submission, you know, like. Well, that's the goal of jiu-jitsu, yeah. That's what it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I just kept wanting to get that and I'd been working on specific submissions. I basically rebuilt my game from the bottom up to, like I used to be a top player and now like I play a lot of lapels, so I'm playing guard or even passing with it as well. So I was like, okay, like, and he just, kept me super calm he's honestly like great coach yeah 
break over that. I'm just loving hearing this. Like one of the things that occurs to me at the moment is, and I just know, I know you so well, but you are one of the most coachable people I know. You know what I mean? And not only just, Thank I'm not you. talking about jujitsu. I'm talking about you'll go down every rabbit hole and find things that other people aren't finding because they're focusing on just being in the gym or they're focusing on just listening to the jujitsu coach. You'll do anything. You will literally do anything and, and take it in and work out some way to kind of apply it to your game. And it seems to me like you then just put so much faith in that and the, the people and the networks around you that when it's time, you just trust. You just trust yourself. You trust others. And, you know, that's such a great space to get the job done. Like I know for myself, I, don't, I didn't have that when I went and did my World Masters. I just went out there to try and just to show up. You know, that was my mindset. You went there to fucking win. You know what I mean? And that is, that's next level. That's something that's amazing. And you've got so much of your jiu-jitsu journey to go as well but like this is just it's just like refreshing it's super inspiring hearing what you're saying i'm just blown out of the water really it's awesome Ooh. i don't have a question i just wanted to say that <laughs> I've, I've always had really good mentors anton you would know that kim like i don't know if you remember kim but like a couple of years ago when i swapped gyms you were like nani you should go to keep coming into training don't be one of those blue belts who like Mm. drops off don't get the blue belt blues you got to keep coming in kim would always message me and be like hey coming yes. to training tonight what are you doing you're coming to training like wow. and you know you need those people to to keep pulling you in and to encourage you and mm. i've always been i've always either sought mentors or i've always had really good mentors around me to encourage me and give me good advice and I think that if someone's giving you advice, like always take things with a grain of salt, but mm. if they know more than you and they're doing something that you aspire to do, listen. Mm. Like I listen to a lot of um, jiu-jitsu podcasts. I listen to BJJ Mental Models, like their competition series. Um, and I listen to Mikey, I think Mikey Musumeshi on, the, on Joe Rogan. And he was talking about, he just drills, you know, like he'll drill to the death. And I was like, well, he's got a pretty impressive competition record. So instead of smashing myself in roles at the gym, I was like, okay, like I'll give this a try. And I thought I'll be really strategic with how many days I'm like doing strength training, um, prioritizing rest and really just drilling the shit out of everything that I wanted to do, like to an annoying point. Uh, I definitely, I definitely think um, drilling is, is the key rather than, yeah, like you said, hard roles. We don't have a lot of time left, but I do have a bit of a question, Like you touched on it before about like previously, like years ago in, in your journey and yeah, the blue belt blues, it's a real thing. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you got through that? and how you got to where you are now? You get to a certain point point, you're like, am I even, like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm not even progressing, you know, and then asking questions about, like, how you can progress and what you can do. And I think getting past blue belt is really, or, and I'm not past my blue belt yet, so, but getting past the blue belt blues is investing time in building a game as soon as I built a game I had something to work on Mm. as soon as I started chasing after certain 
you know, like sweeps or submissions or even passes, I had things that I was going into the gym and working on. Some days, you know, like you just want to go in and have fun, roll, like laugh around. Well, I laugh a lot, like when I train. Um, I miss that, Mitch. We all miss that. Um, Yeah, like I, I, I came into the gym with a purpose, like with an intention. So I feel like as soon as I started and I saw results, I was just like, oh my God, like that's it. Like I'm, I'm going to annihilate this, mm. you know? So I, anyone who is starting at their blue belt now and they're feeling a bit like, oh, you know, like I've got such a long journey to go. This is the best part of your journey because you get to build a certain part of your game. Yeah, and that doesn't have to be your game forever. But build something like say, okay, I want to work on lasso and then figure out like all of the different things that you can do from the lasso position and master all of those techniques via drilling. And then once you've you know tested that out in competition, then grow something else, like add something else onto that, that pyramid so that you've got like this huge pyramid of skills that you're growing and building in your jiu-jitsu arsenal. Yeah, awesome. I feel like that's been the key. Awesome. Yeah. What about what about like moving? Like you guys recently uprooted your whole life, changed everything, mm-hmm. gym, home, state, friendship circles to some extent. I'm guessing like you had to follow yeah. a lot of new things, yeah. right? So what is the impact of that? And and what did you kind of learn through that experience? That no matter what happens in life, if you've got jujitsu, you have a family. Wow. You have a family. Like you have a family, you have friends, like you have something to go and work on. It doesn't matter what else is going on in your life. Like, you know, work can go to shit. You can have arguments in your relationship, but the gym's always there. There's always going to be classes on and there's always going to be someone there who smiles when you walk in and goes, hey, Anton, hey, Kim, what's going on? Like, how's your week been? Even if you say, oh, dude, it's been shit, they're like, it's all good. I've got you. You know, yeah. and they're the people and like, you know, if you are having a shit day, there's, you know, someone who will come up to you in the gym and will roll with you. And even when you're in that awkward, well, I'm, I'm really outgoing. I'm super confident. Right. So like me at a gym, even in, when I'm new at a gym, I'm like, Hey, I'm here. What's up? La, 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 la. Do you want to roll? Like, and if someone says no, I don't care. Like, but I know that eventually someone will say yes. Right. And if you have a jujitsu, if you have jujitsu in your life, you have a jujitsu club around you, like you've got friends. Anyone that I know that makes a big move, I'm like, you should try try sport, like 100%, like try sport, try martial arts. I always do try and get people to try jujitsu. But I acknowledge that that's not everyone. But I feel like if you've got a martial art or a a sport, Mm. you have instant friends, you have instant family like social events you have things to do if you want to do them if that's your kind of thing and you can build you can build a network pretty fast like Lockie and I have only been on the Gold Coast for 12 months and it feels like we've been here for years Mm. amazing yeah we are nearly out of time so I mean we could have you on for another whole episode really I think (laughs) we really scratch the surface um do you have any final words any parting thoughts for our listeners um don't copy like there's this talk that I listen to every single day it's called the greatest miracle in the world by Og Mandino and one of the quotes for it for it says says, 
never do as another, never imitate, be yourself above everything. For he who imitates um, always, always, like he who imitates evil always goes beyond the evil set and he who imitates good always falls short. Be yourself above all else. Mm. And throughout my my journey and my planning and competition, I went about things my way and I put my own spin to it. I put my own shine to it. If you're going to do something, whether it's jujitsu, life, work, family, relationships, do it your way and put your heart into it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Now that's, I'm so inspired and um, oh, it's so, that, that's so wonderful. I hope that our listeners are as well. Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, this, no. It, this is a, a favorite episode for me. I, this is a real treat. It really <laughs> is. Really is. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for being such supportive teammates. Even though I'm not at absolute anymore, it's always my heart. Big, big uh, absolute heart. Yeah, it's like you said. It's a family. I think whatever flag you wear, or you know, whatever patch you have, it's still we're all one. I think that's part of yeah. the point. Anton and I wanted with this podcast as well, just to try and bring the community together. Mm. so that people can see that yeah we are and these are the people behind the jiu-jitsu so thank you so much for showing some of what goes on behind the scenes with you because um yeah if i think you've shown it that like if you can do that and as i said total domination world domination then maybe the rest of us can do it as well so yeah. thank you so thing, much like, you, you are like the other thing is like you're not this normal kind of grindy crazy competitor like there's something else there's something different you're bringing something different um that is really inspiring because you don't come across as a world champ and i mean that with all the love in the world but you don't you know you don't occur as a serious world champ you appear as someone who has fun and brings joy and is very focused but you know there's something else here that you're you know there's a lot of people who can get so much out of what you've offered today so i really do thank you so much Thanks, guys. You've got to be a world champ on the mat and off the mat. Woo. Awesome. awesome. Hopefully we will see you soon. And yes, um, we'll you have will. this podcast out uh, next week. So if you could share it, that would be awesome and help grow 100%. our audience. Thank, Thank you so you. much, guys. Thank okay. You. Bye. See you. Bye. bye.